Now sit back, stay in your seats, and enjoy the Star Lasso Experience. Derek and I'm Noah and you're listening to a bite out where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time a bite of <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right special patreon first episode review slash discussion slash talking about slash nope <laughs> nope Jordan feels nope came out in 2022 I think so yeah we're covering it a little later but you guys voted and you wanted us to talk about Nope. Yeah, you you, you all just like to lead us down paths of mysterious experiences, <laughs> leaving us scarred forever. Thanks, everyone. I love that we added Bullet Train twice, and it almost won this oh. time. Almost won. So maybe we'll add it next time. <laughs> Not, Not me see. going on all the social media trying to get Bullet Train to win. <gasps> You're rude. <laughs> you can't vote. No, you can't. You can only... And even if I wanted to, you can only vote once, so it doesn't even matter. Creating other accounts just so that way you can get your vote up. Uh, 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 Derek from a bite of one. Derek from a bite of two. <laughs> Keep going. Don't even try to hide it. No, exactly who I am. <laughs> hey, it's Schmerick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of social media. Oh, I think you say Schmerick. <laughs> make sure you're following us on all those channels. All the stuff is down below in the show notes slash description. Like the show. Support the show. Patreon dollar a month gets you this episode first <laughs> and many other things and then last but not least review leave some stars leave some words subscribe all that good stuff we have a lot to talk about this movie is a lot it's very intimidating so like spoiler alert ahead for totally jordan peele's trilogy of his horror movies yeah. <laughs> all right let us officially take a bite of nope Nope. I think that's the shortest one ever. Nope. After their father is killed by a coin dropping from the sky, <laughs> siblings OJ and Emerald are left holding the reins of their family business. Trying to make ends meet, OJ begins selling their horses to Jupe Park, the owner of a western theme park nearby. Trying to work through the distance between them, OJ and M begin experiencing odd phenomena on the ranch, ultimately feeling like there is something looming in the sky above them. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. They decide to save their father's business by capturing the occurrences on film for that Oprah moment. Unfortunately for them, the looming structure in the sky has an insatiable appetite. Ooh, yum. He wants to take a, a bite. bite of many bites. <laughs> Aqua bite. dulce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Should we get into it? Let's do it. You guys know I love horror. I love it. Derek obviously does, too. Some of our very early... Episodes were based on horror, and we continue to do that. Absolutely. Midnight Sun. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm the a... <laughs> horrors of Edward Cullen being a stalker. Oh, my God. But <laughs> I'm always excited when specifically Jordan Peele does his work. This is his third film that he's done. He did Get Out, Us, and now Nope. If you haven't watched his 2019 Twilight Zone revival, mm. very, very, very much you should do that because it's fantastic and got canceled way before its time i agree w one of the things that i love about jordan peele's work is that it's horror meets social commentary right 
you know, and so it's not just a slasher film. It's not just an alien film. And even the Twilight Zone episodes themselves, they talked about, you know, gun violence. They talked about police brutality. They talked about, you know, immigration. And so I think that he has this really magical way of layering these different topics within the genre of horror. And that's really impressive. The Twilight Zone's right up his alley because even the original with Rod Serling was very much social commentary the mm. entire time and a trailblazer of its time. I feel like the first two movies he did, uh, Us and Get Out, were more layered in that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one was more face value. It was like, this is like, this is what it's about. Yeah. So you, you, it kind of feels like the first ones were a little more nuanced. Right. Whereas this one is like, bam. In yeah. your face. Yeah. And of course, it makes you think about things and it makes you go, what the fuck is happening? But also give you those moments of literally being nope, just like some of the actors do in, in this movie. And this one, I love that he described this as he did a bunch of interviews when this was coming out. And he said, this is about like the, the great American UFO story. Mm. That's what this is. Like, it's that big story, the spectacle, the American dream. So to see how they played that out and also using real life examples to interweave that, I felt like it was really well done, but it wasn't so buried to mm. where, you know, there. I think there's a college that does an entire class on Get Out. So wow. it's not so buried in there to where you have to really, you know, think too much, but there's still a lot in there that you do have to think about. Yeah. I mean, as I, you know, I, I, I've been mulling over this since, since we watched it and I found it very scary. I mean, there's something about, I don't like, again, I've said this before, I don't like when people are screaming for help. I don't like when they're scared in some way. That's why I tend to stay away from like the Saw movies and slasher movies. But I have a very vivid memory of watching Fire in the Sky when I was like eight. My parents got it from Blockbuster and I tried to close my eyes, but him screaming for help, I started crying (laughs) as a kid. I don't like in Tom Cruise War of the Worlds when the aliens are like holding humans in their little you know, fanny packs and then eating them and everyone's screaming. And so we have sort of that experience. Well, not sort of, we have that experience in Nope. Um, So it made me feel very uncomfortable. So that horror thing is very real. But as I was mulling it over, I'm going, I feel like there's what, you know, what else is he trying to say? And like the thing that I sort of landed on with this is exploitation. Right. In all of its forms. Yeah. You know, whether it's humans exploiting animals or, white people like exploiting black people and it just like felt like there were a number of levels of of that representation throughout yeah that that definitely is a big theme and i think the more that you do sit there and think about it and then you realize what this movie is trying to tell you like what does gordy even have to do with this movie and what it's trying to say and and i feel like he used that very traumatic and horror scene to show that this is one way that somebody uses exploitation and then the siblings, the Hayward siblings, Hayward, Haywood siblings, use it because they're continuously being exploited, but also being forgotten. So they feel like they have to make sure to get this thing or else nobody will believe them. Right. Which kind of, I mean, when it comes to UFOs, yeah, you, you do have to get it. But it goes right back to that 1878 image of the black jockey on the horse, one of the, the fathers of cinema. They know the person that filmed it. They know the horse's name, Annie G. But the black jockey, completely forgotten from history. And I didn't know that. I thought when they said it in the movie, I'm like, oh, that is a descendant. No, they, he just 
fictionalize that mm-hmm. because nobody knows who that is. So that's where the whole Oprah shock comes in. They have to do it, but they're also exploiting it themselves. Yeah. And then there's even that layer towards the end of the movie when the TMZ reporter comes. That was so funny. It was so funny. <laughs> but this is, again, these are the lengths that these people are willing to yeah. go to. They have, you know, he has that like mirror helmet on and he's trying to exploit their experience for his own game. Right. Let's talk about Jupe for a second, mm. because I feel like his is such an interesting you know, through line through this movie. And it's terrifying. But it's also so Jordan Peele, his other two movies, Get Out and Us, very much had to do with trauma. It had to do with how these people deal with trauma and what that means from the outside world and how they internalize it. This one is the same way. I mean, we have the siblings that lost their father in a very freak accident from stuff raining down from the sky. But then you also have Jupe, where he was a child star and live taped this traumatic experience. But what he does is that he exploits that trauma and he can cont- he built an entire park you know symbolizing and immortalizing his thing and then also within that park is a tiny little museum that he sells out for people to, to be to stay in which is horrible right but he's doing it to exploit that experience and he i almost feel like in some way he feels like he's like this chosen person in a way because he was the only one that wasn't killed by gordy but that whole scene, if you really break it down, the only reason why he didn't get killed is because he didn't make eye contact right. with the chimp. Right. So if, but he thinks that there's another meaning to that. And that really plays into who his character is. But man, that, that scene is not fun to watch. And it shows it three times. Yeah. Every <laughs> time it goes back to it, it just feels more and more uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about the, the thing of him not looking in Gordy's eyes, right? I feel like there's even another layer to that. Like when exploitation is happening, are we viewing it? As viewers, are we taking it in and also being part of the problem? Or are we looking away and and saying, nope, I'm not yeah. going to interact with that, right? Because we even see that with, with OJ when they're training the horses and then he uses that with the creature. I guess we'll just call it the creature or the UFO, whatever it is. Jean jacket. Jean jacket. Yeah. You're right. It does have a name. <laughs> With, with Jean Jacket, where don't look it in the eye, don't exploit it, don't be a part of it. And so uh, Jupe never learns that lesson, no. right? And even his entire park that he's created is exploiting everything, exploiting horses, exploiting the experience. And then even towards the end, he tries to exploit Jean Jacket, yeah, he which is, ultimately leads to his demise. Yeah, we learn that OJ, so the trauma that the siblings have, they are dealing with it in opposite ways. OJ wants to do diligent work with the business and really get it out there, but he's also struggling. So he's selling horses to Jupe for whatever reason. He doesn't, he's just selling them to him because he'll buy them. And you have M where she's seeing, she kind of wants to distance herself a little bit, but also tell everybody that will listen what she can do. Mm-hmm. And then Jupe, he is like, I don't know what he's thinking of like, oh, I can, this mysterious thing in the sky oh it likes horses so i'll just buy these horses have people watch this eat this horse or take this horse up and expect it not to attack everybody else that's there it's just that level of like immaturity not really understanding thinking that he's like some chosen yeah, person feeling untouchable in some way yeah and it really bit him in the ass that scene where it 
that sucks all those people up in the audience. So good. This movie, beautiful. Cinematographer Hoyt Hoytema, they have worked on a lot of Christopher Nolan films, mm. particularly Interstellar and Dunkirk. Beautifully shot yeah. movies. And you really can see that through this. It's very expansive. They wanted to show so much of the valley and the scene. It just was, oh man, I loved it so much. The, just the way the movie was shot. In that scene where where Jupe and the, the spectators get taken up into Jean Jacket, when we're in Jean Jacket with them and they're like in the folds of its oh, mouth or so whatever good. it is happening, their stomach, it's it's frightening. It's yeah. scary. It's claustrophobic. You're in there with them. You're feeling. And, and what's so interesting about Jean Jacket is that it's a soft, round design. It looks exactly like what you think a UFO would right. look like. And so when you think dangerous and scary, it's sharp, it's bloody, it's mm. it's poking you. And this is like just swathing you in intestinal tract and uh, digesting you or whatever happens. But it, it's so interesting that these very soft colors, these warm tones are so frightening, even though they kind of feel opposite of what we think of when we're supposed to be scared. Yeah, he he's subverting a lot of expectations with this creature because one, we think that there's little green men inside mm. of it. It's not. The entire entity is the entity. Is the entity. Yeah. But then it also doubles down on that because it acts like a predator. Don't look at it in its eye, which OJ kind of came up with that plan. He's like, okay, just don't look at it. And it does work for the most part until it gets angry and just doesn't care. Yeah. And then you just have to cover yourself in barbed wire or something. It doesn't <laughs> oh my like. God, Angel. I mean, smart. Very smart. Yeah. He's like, yeah, try to eat me now. I'm just covered in spikes. Yeah. <laughs> but then the creature itself completely transforms towards the end and is just like this angelic looking, still terrifying with, I don't, it's mouth slash eye thing, just flipping and flapping and changing. <laughs> terrifying. But it's also, it's changing how you might think about that or maybe what you would think this creature would be because in the end it is kind of beautiful <laughs> it's very much sort of like a jellyfish in that sense mm. right these floating jellyfish they're so ethereal but sometimes if depending on the type if it gets you you could die i wonder if one of the so speaking about you know exploitation and you know another thing that runs through this movie is very much like a love letter to hollywood because you see all the little easter eggs throughout like you know you just see the movies that they worked on like scorpion king and like all this stuff. And it definitely seems like a satirical look at a lot of that. And the creature, in a way, Jean Jacket, its eye and the images that it kept showing was very square yeah. and rectangular, like a camera. Absolutely. So I f feel like that's on purpose. It's I didn't watching really, you. Yeah. I didn't want to look up anything about this movie to, you know, uh, poison my thoughts. Yeah. You didn't or, want to be influenced by Yeah. There else. we go. That's the word. But that's how I felt about that. The whole movie itself is incredibly unsettling. It just, I, I felt uneasy after watching it. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about OJ and Emerald, uh, kind mm. of bouncing off what you said. So we only meet their father for the first, what, 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Right. And so legend the, of an actor, by the way. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's incredible. And it's kind of upsetting that he wasn't in it more. Um, the, the thing that's interesting about the father, right, is that he he has the know-how and the love for the horses, but also he has the personality to be on set and work with people. Mm. And it seems like those talents were split between OJ and M. Oh, yeah. Right? So OJ has the talent. He has the know-how. He is calm and he wants to work with the horses. He feels attached to them. 
M on the other hand is the personality, but she doesn't want to deal with all the little things that you have to do. So they're so different. And I think that's what causes a lot of the friction between them. I do wish that we had a little more backstory about the two of them. Mm. I mean, I mean, Daniel uh, Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer, you fall in love with them immediately. Their the chemistry is great. Like you feel like they're siblings. Yeah. Just those little moments where they'll kind of like peck at each other, but then also support each other. Yeah. And then, you know, it's great. It's very much that thing of like, I can bully my sibling, but you can't. Yeah. You know, <laughs> duh. duh. Those are the rules. Yeah. Um, so that juxtaposition, excuse me, between them is, is something interesting to watch. I just wish we got to see a little bit more of it. Um, and how they were like how they became who they are. Yeah, we get very little flashbacks or backstory to it, but it does seem I, I'm curious if the reason why M is that way. I mean, aside from that's just who she is. They did make it a point to talk about how she was the one that was supposed to train Jean Jacket. That was her horse. That yeah. was her horse. But then he had OJ do it. And so it was almost like she was pushed aside. Mm. From actually being able to do that because then she could have actually been more like her father because she has that personality. She didn't really get the training or the experience to do that. So then that's where that split happened. That makes sense. And I don't know if there's some resentment there. Mm. It seemed a little bit, but not completely because I think Kiki Palmer's character, M, she kind of leaned into it. She's like, this is where I'm at now. So this is who I'm going to be. Don't ask me to do that other stuff because I'm not going to. Because when she went on the set in the beginning with the horse, she kind of left him. She was like, okay, I'm going to be the, the personality. And now I'm going to go talk to somebody to gain what She's I'm doing. She's sowing other side. seeds. Yeah. 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 And that's it. It lays the groundwork that way. But it was interesting to just father died, then the siblings. Right. Yeah. I, I do want to say, though, I that scene when they are on set, you know, uh, and whatever it is, the commercial, whatever they're doing. She she stands up there and she's like, you know, hi, I'm I'm Emerald Haywood, you know, blah, blah, blah. I also do sewing yeah, and motorcycles everything. and this and that. And you're kind of like, oh, that's really funny. You know, she's trying to tell everybody her other talents. But what I really loved about that is that we're told what she can do. And then throughout the movie, we see that she can like she can use those talents. And I feel like sometimes in movies you're like, I don't know. Sure, of course. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course she knows how to ride a motorcycle. Of yeah. course she knows how to sew <laughs> giant, you know, flags. Yeah, yeah. But she tells us right up front, I have a million talents. And then we get to see those talents. So by having her make that speech where we're like, oh, yeah, here she goes. She could do that thing that she said she can do rather than being like, ah, that makes no sense. How could she do that? Like, what is the point of you telling me this to? Right. Right. So yeah. I, I really appreciated that, that we see her doing the things that she says she could do at the beginning. Out of his movies, I think this is the least scary mm. face value. Mm. You know, I just like it is horror, obviously, and it's terrifying. I feel like this is like that summer monster movie where it's not, you know, Get Out or Us. Because Us, I felt like that one to me is probably more terrifying of the three. Mm. You know, home invasion-y, what is going on? They look like you. Running for your life. Very yeah. stabby. It's very much more like, Ooh. I like where he's going with these. He he's very he's not only exper like experimenting with different you know genres within his film, but he's also showing what else he can do. He can do a horror monster summer movie, and then also a very like closed, intimate us type thing, and then even smaller Get Out. I, yeah, I love I love Jordan Peele because 
he is not defined by any one genre of mm. media, right? We, I think most of us met Peel from Key and Peel. Oh my God. Like yes. a hilarious sketch comedy show that like had you laughing your ass off. And then when he came with Get Out, it was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, what? And then it just keeps growing from there. And I think that he's not afraid to play with these different genres within the horror genre. He shouldn't be. Because this is this is like that. It's a Western. It's a mystery. It's an extraterrestrial thing. It's a drama. It's mm. a spectacle. And he does wrap all that into one. It's not just Cowboys and Aliens. It's no. a lot of other stuff that's going on. He actually reminds me very much of like Stephen King. You know, mm. Stephen King can write anything. Yeah. You know, he can write Stand By Me, he can write Carrie, he can write The Institution, Fairy Tale. They're all over the place. Mm -hmm. But the, the base of it is, is that he's talented. Right. So he doesn't need to be defined by a genre. And I feel like we're experiencing that with Jordan Peele. Yeah. The, I mean, there is something to be said about comedians being able to do drama and horror very well. And I think that speaks to their talent of being a comedian because you have to know how to communicate things to get the thing that you want. You know, do, doing comedy is very purposeful. There's a, you, you go over, you go over, you punch up the jokes, you go to open mics, you do all this stuff and you learn how to get to the end goal that you want mm. by doing the things to lead them there. And, you know, even with Bill Hader doing Barry and doing all the other stuff that he does, but then he was on SNL just being a complete buffoon sometimes, but it, it shows the level of, oh, these comedians aren't just there to be slapstick. Mm -hmm. They can do more than that. And I think Jordan Peele is like a driving force to that. Not only for that, but also this like resurgence of like black horror, which is amazing. Totally. And, you know, when we I was thinking a lot about the cast of this, this is a very small cast. I mean, very small. Even the extras there. I mean, in that one scene um, in Jupe's um, theme park. I mean, what, there's maybe 20 people in the crowd, so it's not a lot. And of our principal players, we're, it's, a like five. it's a diverse cast. Right. I mean, maybe I'm trying, like, I'm trying to think, like, was Antler Hulst, the cinematographer that came from the commercial, maybe he was white? I think he was white. Yeah. I would assume so. But he was the only one. So we're right. even looking at this, like, incredibly diverse cast, and Jordan Peele is so good at doing that as well of like making sure there's representation yeah the the character the extra characters that do come in to help with the final climax or the battle of jean jacket is interesting you know angel i'm not too sure i could be wrong and you guys can you know add us comment below if if you understood more of why he was there he was the only one that i felt not out of place but i was like okay he worked at the place where they got their surveillance stuff from he helped them do that fantastic he believed in it as, as well the only backstory we really get of him is that his girlfriend broke up with him and so it's his time yeah it's like he's <laughs> pouring all of himself into this i don't i don't know past that like i kept trying to think about it and i think i was thinking more of the other people and i was like what was his purpose i loved him in it but i just i'm just curious on like why yeah I was I was thinking that as well. I mean, other than the tech know how, I mean, was it just good to have him as a third in their Outside. little duo? Right. To kind of come in and say, like, well, this is what's really going on. This is what's happening. You know, I think like almost that, like a third party 
saying, yeah, I believe you. Yes. I mean, he did find out that the cloud didn't move. (laughs) Right. You know, so he definitely had a purpose in the movie. I'm just like, what was his meaning? No, I don't. Exactly. I think you make a good point. And other than being the guy who knew how to work the cameras. Yeah. The the cinematographer that they they bring in, um, this very raspy, rugged sounding guy that seems very pretentious in his work, really... In the end, he decides to help them so that we could get the impossible shot, the Oprah shot. But also in the end, he exploits that and goes further and ends up killing himself Mm -hmm. because of that. the shot. Yeah. And it's like he should have just stuck with the plan. The plan was amazing. And I think it was a really fun way to do a climax of a movie where they're not little green men, but the thing itself is an entity. But he got the shot. He got it. To begin with, and then he wanted to get more of a shot. And I love that like juxtaposition between usually in these like invasion and alien stories, you see a big shootout. Somebody has like this giant gun, and in place of a giant gun was a hand operated camera. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing that, it it was interesting to see that. And he went too far. He, <laughs> totally. he, he really just went too far. And I think there's just that extra layer of commentary with like. How far are you willing to go to get this thing? The ought, right. Yeah, and he completely ruined everything for himself. And also, did they get the camera back? Yes. They he spit it out at the end. Yeah, and and there was the other role of, not a role of film, I don't know, canister of film, I don't know what you call film, <laughs> like for movies. It's not very complicated. Yeah, not for photography. But, you know, he, he hand, um, Angel goes in that like little blackout tent thing to to change it out. So that one existed as well. I mean, the the antler character was was just bizarre all over, right from, like you said, the raspiness. But every time they're kind of contacting him, he's watching animals kill each other. Like he's watching like old footage of, I don't know, like a boa constrictor and a leopard or whatever. I mean, which obviously is like, you know, playing into this idea of Jean Jacket being the predator and who's the prey. And, you know, there's in, in the last one we're seeing him watch, we think that the the leopard is going to eat the snake but then the snake ends up killing the leopard and so you know it's like the prey becoming the predator so it i don't know what he he just came in he had again had the know-how it was like we had oj and emerald who had the passion and the need to stop this thing and then we had the other two people who knew how to work cameras in some yeah some sense i almost feel like that it it was a retelling of the black jockey and the film i mean this guy who I'm I'm assuming he's white. I, I really I think he's white. They need him to do the thing to like capture the thing. You know what I mean? And then he overexploited that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's they could have done it. I think that you know the the Haywood siblings probably could have done it, and they did more of the work than anybody else in this entire movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it feels like at the end, it really is OJ and M coming together. With the horse, with uh, was it Lucky that was left at the end? Yeah. I think um, that are the ones that end up defeating it and also capturing it on film with that giant, very cool Polaroid well yeah, <laughs> at that, Jupes Park. I mean, I like that that became one of the final weapons of mm-hmm. the thing. It's a very analog thing, and it was very intense because you wanted her to get that shot, but then she had to keep doing it, and then that extra layer of using like a Western, very what was the beginning of cinema inflatable thing to capture it, to capture this thing. I just, I love that like clash of cinema ideas and themes, uh, but 
That was so cool. I love the use of wacky inflatable flailing arp two mans. <laughs> so many of them, but it was so smart for them to do that because wherever it is at overhead, it They'll turns die. off electro- electricity, right. electricity. But oh, the images in this, when he, when uh, OJ is on the horse running from Jean Jacket, and it's so close behind him, that just looked one way too real and three beautiful. I can't, I just can't get over. I think it's because of our interview with Evan Bolter. Yeah. I'm just really paying attention to like how things are shot now. And I'm like, this is so pretty. Agreed. (laughs) And if you think about, right, it's, they're on this ranch, which is, I mean, there's mountains in the background, there's blue skies, but for the most part, it's huge, flat expanse of land. And so what the creator's jobs were to do were to, how do we use this flat land? Right. And so the inflatables flags you know these are the things that are making it interesting we have this bare palette so what do we use to paint it yeah yeah i'm very much i'm not too sure how much cgi or effects were used obviously for the no g jacket was real yeah (laughs) but i mean for the landscape i want to say it was all practical it looked very you know it's giving me uh what's a good example like eternals where they didn't use a lot of green screen and stuff. They used actual locations and practical stuff. And I think it adds to it a little bit. Because when everything is green screen for the entire thing, you almost can sense that. You can almost sense that like the background isn't as depth as it should be. Sure. But when you use this practical location and use it to your advantage, where Jean Jacket goes over the ridge of the mountain, it's just like so... It just makes you suspend disbelief a little easier. <laughs> totally. I, as an aside, uh, Noah and I are working our way through the James Bond movies. Oh, my God. So Noah has seen them all. I haven't seen any of them. So oh, what? 27? Yeah. I think. So we're yeah. starting with the Sean Connery ones. And they're, they've been released in HD now. And when you can tell that they're in front of a green screen, whoo, doggy. I have never <laughs> seen them in like ultra HD because obviously they weren't made during that and i used to have the whole like dvd collection and we watched uh from russia with love last night and seeing how like detailed it was i'm like his makeup looks awful (laughs) like he did not look like this when i remember watching that but But yeah in the 60s it looked great on film fantastic yeah but not in 2023 they really put bronzer on totally (laughs) absolutely he's been out in the sun apparently does not look good you know that's just to that's just to further your point of being grateful for them using more practical effects in this i mean even there's there's the one scene where we think that there are these little aliens guys 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 I, I, I can't, I don't, that was the scariest part to me of the entire thing. I don't not, I don't like aliens. I just, I, my body can't handle it. I know it's stupid. I said this before. I did not like that. They were doing, I mean, <laughs> I didn't that, like it. you know what? That actually felt like a nod to the William Shatner Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Right. They felt they were, had like those little furry gremlin suits <laughs> and they were kind of peering, you know, uh, over, over the edge I, of things and. It yeah. felt very much a nod to that, which I appreciated you as could, well. You could tell a lot of this stuff comes from, I mean, he wanted to make like the great American UFO story and you can tell he did nods from a lot of the films that have come before that, like War of the Worlds and, you know, Encounters of the Third Kind and just that mysterious presence that's up there, but you can't do anything because they're omnipresent apparently. But that scene, I just, I don't, it did stuff to me. That I, I, I almost could not watch that movie because of that. I just like really was like, no, nope, nope, nope. But I did like 
the fact that like he tried to record them from his like razor flip phone and couldn't really do it but kind of did but his character specifically almost every time you think the character is going to do the thing they normally do in horror movies he says nope he's like nope i'm not nope mm -mm, nope (laughs) if there's one thing that we can learn from oj it's that to always look before you leap oh my god right and i feel like that's that's what we need more of right i mean that was the downfall of antler in this he just he just leapt and so for and the same thing with jupe he leapt he didn't think about it he played with something he didn't know about he's an idiot whereas oj (laughs) was willing to stop to take the time to think about things and to figure it out yeah and that's how he survived yeah the scene where after uh gene jacket sucks up the entire audience and jupe and all of them and then Gene Jacket decides to go over the the Haywood residence and just shit all over it or just vomit vomit all the blood and everything. I had no idea what was happening, but it was cool as hell what was happening. It was so cool, but it was like there's there's a lot of stuff falling. Yeah, and they really um were accepting of that whereas i i mean i think that they had a bit of a freak out but i would have been screaming crawled into a ball someplace well angel was definitely freaking out more yeah than m was in that house yeah yeah that's true he was like underneath the table with a knife yeah i just love that scene of oj in the car because it's not moving and he he tries to look up to see if jean jacket is above him and man it's just so so cool. They added the fog. They added that, like, what is happening? And that's when the predator really turned. And it was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm pissed off now. I'm just going to, I want to fuck you guys up at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> I'm not just hunting now. I just want to fuck you guys up. I'm trying to enjoy a nice dinner and you guys are just <laughs> messing it up for it's me. It's not my fault. You all gave me it, like, easily. <laughs> exactly. You were sitting in a bowl for me and I ate you. That's it. Oh, man. I, I just, I really liked this movie. I think it, I didn't know what I expected Mm. going in because I I think now we've gotten three movies from Jordan Peele in this particular genre and we're, we don't know what to expect. What is it going to be? And it made me excited for whatever he's going to come out with next. I want to see, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of like what type of horror would be cool for him to do next. Some sort of ghost haunted house thing i feel yeah, like i feel like like poltergeisty yeah possessiony types of, uh, yeah yeah i think that's what i would like to see next we got aliens we got doppelgangers we got racists <laughs> i mean that is the scariest <laughs> internalized trauma and stuff yeah. you know but i, I would Ugh. yeah i want to see what that that's like yeah i i also enjoyed this i think that it did its job it left me thinking it left me feeling uneasy Personally, I do wish there was a little more character development. I wish we learned a little bit more about the family, um, but I I thought the structure of it as well, I really liked. Um, in my mind, Ghost and Clover got away. They just ran into the hills. I don't think that Jean Jacket <laughs> ate them. That's nope. what I'm telling myself. Uh, and I'm just going to let that be <laughs> what I believe. Yeah. yeah, I think there was some really masterful work. He's really flexing his creativity muscles here and going all out i think he's like cemented himself in this genre and now he's free to just kind of go with it i did think that it was interesting in the beginning 
the Bible verse or the verse that came up that really just literally told you what the movie is about. It says, I will cast abominable filth upon you, make you vile and make you a spectacle. That's that's what it is. I mean, like, it's just the, the theme of spectacle and like what you do with that and how you exploit that or how you don't exploit that. That's what the movie is. I mean, it's a lot more goes into it, but yeah. And I think the the final sort of thought on it is nope. No. <laughs> nope. Don't do it. Nope. Nope. Ah, oh, so good. Amazing cast. Amazing. I mean, let us know what you thought of this movie because there's a lot. There's a lot that happened in this movie, but I'm sure we missed some themes. So like, you know, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> I'd love I really want to know what other people think. You know, it's I'm coming at it from my experience, so I'm so curious what others what others thought after watching it. Yeah, I feel like this is one of his interesting enough. I did look at, you know, what the ratings were for this. It wasn't as high as the other ones, but I feel like a lot of people loved it. Like you know, I I think there's that disconnect again, well, but so many people are talking about it and still talk about it to this day and hold it so high. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's it's not bad. In no. any way. No, no, no. It's just compared to the other two, it it felt like maybe not as strong. There are people that do, don't think to put this in a horror category, which I do think is... More sci-fi, you think? Interesting. I, I think it's horror. I mean, I think the base of it is horror. Mm. But with horror, there's different sub-genres that you can go sure. into. So I feel like there's so many genres mixed in this one that it's interesting to see where people are placed yeah, within well, if, that. Right, if you think of like Alien, it's... Horror. It's hard. It's sci. It takes place in space, but it's scary as heck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those aliens I could handle. It's just the little green men looking one. My body shuts down. Noah said, I will gladly take an alien that has a mouth coming out of its mouth and has acid for blood that will also put a baby in your chest. Yeah, it's fine. Fine. <laughs> do it. I'll do it. Yeah. And also like the thing. Yeah, sure. Do a mimic, you know, shape shifting. Weird well, body horror thing. Yeah. I could handle that. But as soon as they look like stupid little green men with those eyes, I That's can't. your crux. Th- to this day, I think I've said it before. I haven't seen E.T. Never will. Well, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you think that. Steven Spielberg does not think that. But <laughs> Nobody else come for me. <laughs> I think it's fine. <laughs> All right. But yeah, let us know what you think. Look out for the next round of movies that you want us to cover. Because uh, we might have some interesting ones on there. Bullet mm-hmm. Train might be on there. Bullet so. Train will definitely be on there. <laughs> and <laughs> they'll say no again. <laughs> We're never going to get to it, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to A Bite Of. Artwork and editing by our own Noah. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Bite Of Pod. And on Facebook at A Bite Of. If you have any questions, recommendations, or just want to say hi, you can contact us on abiteofpod.com. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to spread the word. See you next time on A Bite Of. Bye!